Let's talk about the scandal that has been in the news locally and also nationally. This week, Northwestern University football coach Pat Fitzgerald was fired over allegations that athletes and former athletes were hazed over a several-year period. There was an investigation and a report by a law firm concluding that uh, Fitzgerald, there was no real evidence that he knew about it, uh, but his staff uh, also did not know about it, but the investigation said he should have known. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the legalities, and I want to introduce my first guest. It's one of the most seasoned litigation and trial attorneys, former Winston Strawn partner, Northwestern law grad, and Wildcats football enthusiastic uh, enthusiast with 25-year season ticket holder, Scott Zala. He's been a lawyer for 45 years, is an adjunct at University of Illinois College of Law, teaching trial advocacy and ethics, constitutional law and policy. He's the former interim director of trial advocacy in Champaign. Hi, Scott. How are you? Karen, good to see you again. So I knew you were the perfect person for this. First of all, Dan Webb is brought in, and Dan Webb was your partner at Winston Strawn, and you work closely with him on many cases. And I know you're a huge Wildcats fan. In fact, you dragged me one cold fall rainy day to a, a game. So I, I knew you, you were going to have a good read on this. So let's, let's first start by saying we don't have Fitzgerald's contract. Correct. And we also don't have the report. Very we have excerpts of it, but we don't have the report. Um, so let's talk, first of all, about what might be in the contract, what kind of clauses might be in the contract that would affect the analysis of whether or not Pat Fitzgerald has some right to sue Northwestern. There's two issues here. One, there's an oral agreement potential cause of action, and, and Dan Webb has said this publicly, so I'm certainly not disclosing anything that's not on the public record. The second one is the written contract is the one that I think you're referring to. And in that particular case, most contracts have what's known as a morals clause, in which if, in fact, you do something outside the boundary of acceptable conduct, that a university, for example, can take certain action to terminate an individual for cause. That's what Webb has been informed by Northwestern University that Fitzgerald has been terminated for cause. Therefore, if in fact he's terminated for cause, the balance of the contract, which goes for a 10-year period signed in 2021, would go for another eight years or seven years, depending on the timing of it. And therefore, Northwestern seeks to avoid paying him the balance of the contract, which would be probably in excess of $40 million. So we're talking about a substantial amount. Webb has also talked in public about the reputational damage to Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald will not be reinstated under the the contract or the suspension for two weeks, and I know we're going to get into that more. Maybe you could get reinstated if, in fact, the person that accused you recanted. That's not going to happen. The investigation found by uh, a Maggie Hickey uh, that uh, although Fitzgerald and the staff did not know about the allegations of hazing, they had opportunities to discover that. And there is an NCAA regulation which talks in terms of that the head coach is the supervisory party and has to make sure that the program is acting. So there's problems from that standpoint, but there's no doubt about it. Fitzgerald has hired 
probably one of the all-time great trial attorneys in the country. If you're Northwestern, you have to worry about right. that. And there's an incentive to settle, and, and Webb has even said that that certainly the parties will explore all possibilities, and uh, there may be a settlement someplace down the road, but that's a ways off. I, I was talking to Bob Surratt about this earlier in the week, and he said, what do you make of, of Dan Webb being hired? I said, well, you don't bring a sledgehammer to kill a mosquito. So uh, it seems to me like that there's going to be there's going to be a fight. Um, let's let's just address very quickly before we go to break. Um, what's an opt out clause? You talked about the morals clause, which which you know has to do with doing something that makes the school look bad. And there's probably all kinds of examples of that and wording in in the contract. And then there's the for cause. And is an opt out clause something the school can use for any reason or no reason? Well, normally no. Normally there's a requirement that you have to be good faith and fair dealing every contract has that and so if if they just if there was no evidence whatsoever of any harassment and they had a individual that uh, improperly reported a complaint if they still wanted to get rid of that individual they couldn't do so so they couldn't opt out of the contract with some phony excuse from that standpoint i don't think that will apply here i think they certainly have facts that they can claim is a termination for cause whether or not uh, it should have been executed under these particular circumstances, and whether President Michael Schill of Northwestern University first had the suspension for two weeks, then he extended it from that standpoint, whether there is a contract cause of action on behalf of Fitzgerald in that regard, and then secondly, under the, the longer-term deal, whether or not uh, Northwestern can avoid that, those are the issues that are ripe for consideration. And I want to get an, a little bit into the issue of the oral contract, and what we're talking mm-hmm. about is there was a two-week suspension, and then after that suspension was announced, uh, unpaid suspension, uh, mm-hmm. then the termination came down, and I want to talk about the legalities of how Dan Webb might argue that on behalf of Pat Fitzgerald. We're talking with Scott Zala here uh, about the Northwestern University football coach who was fired this week. You're listening to the Karen Conti Show on WGN. We're talking about Northwestern and hazing scandal and the firing of coach Pat Fitzgerald. We're here with Scott Zala. So let's talk about hazing in general. Um, is, is hazing a crime, Scott, in Illinois? It is, it is a crime, and, and you can go to jail for it. Um, the, the technical words are a person commits hazing if she knowing, he or she knowingly requires the performance of any duty by a student or other person um, of the state institution of the state for the purpose of induction of admission to any group, organization, or society. The act is not sanctioned or the act results in bodily harm. So there is, there is uh, criminal penalties. Some of the allegations here are also uh, alleged to have taken place at Camp Kenosha up in Wisconsin. Theoretically, the uh, Wisconsin state laws could also apply from a criminal standpoint. And it's also important from Northwestern standpoint that the Big Ten and the NCAA uh, may both uh, commence their own investigations into this matter. So Northwestern's not done, even if uh, the web matter uh, with uh, Fitzgerald ends. You know, I was thinking about the, the the hazing allegations. We don't know all of them. They were sexual in nature. Some of them are kind of disgusting. Um, but it, it seems that, uh, I guess my question first is, do you think that there is any chance that some of these kids are going to be prosecuted? Because if there are perpetrators out there who are doing these things, and that was a crime, do you think the state's attorney is going to come in and try to prosecute? Uh, it's certainly a possibility. Uh, most of the allegations are that there were masks worn by those perpetrators, and so it may be difficult to identify who those particular individuals mm. from the team are. 
So, yes, they still have potential liability themselves, and it's something that uh, they may need to retain attorneys as well. And I assume that there is a code of conduct in Northwestern, and you were telling me you were looking a little bit into uh, how the students uh, have to go through some training. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yes, their freshman year, they have uh, a seminar that goes into uh, anti-hazing. So one question remains is why some of these upperclassmen that did it to the first or second year uh, football players, why they didn't remember their training from earlier standpoint. Um, I am encouraged in one part in the summary that was given by uh, Maggie Hickey. And this is in the investigative investigative report report, that was done. Correct. It says the university took steps to eliminate hazing from football, including addressing the football team, the staff, and changes to locker room oversight. And in addition to her recommendations, Northwestern is also making a series of additional changes to improve the culture of the football program and to create additional controls to prevent hazing across Northwestern athletics. So... Let's go back to the issue of this oral contract. And so my understanding is that uh, that, that there was a two-week suspension given to Fitzgerald. He agreed to it. It was going to be an unpaid uh, suspension. And after that time, this was going to go away and he was going to move on with his contract. And then in the middle of it, this, uh, this firing happens. Tell me what the argument from a legal standpoint is that you anticipate his attorney, Dan Webb, is going to make regarding that fact pattern. Well, oral agreements are permissible in the state of Illinois. There's also a concept known as part performance. And how do we know that part performance took place here is because uh, there was an announcement of the two-week suspension followed by uh, or together with Fitzgerald's acceptance of the two-week suspension. Therefore, the contract has already been formed. And so Dan Webb certainly has a very, very good argument that that contract could be enforced in addition to potentially issues dealing with the second contract. So just to be clear, so so the, the school says to Fitzgerald, here's our offer. Our offer is you take this two-week suspension, you won't be paid, and after that it goes away. He says yes, and he goes on his suspension, right? So he starts Correct. to act upon it. He makes the oral agreement, he relies upon it, and he starts to act on that. And then Northwestern breaches. Correct. I mean, that's a that's a good argument. It is, and, and um, Webb has made the argument publicly what new facts existed that didn't exist previously. And according to President Schill, what it seems to be is that he called and talked to the perpetrator, and um, then he talked to, not the perpetrator, rather, but to the victim that filed as whistleblower the complaint, and he talked to uh, that individual's family. That seemed to be why Schill changed his opinion and then went to the firing that took place. Oh, it seemed, and then the argument, I guess, against that is maybe that should have been done before the oral agreement was made in the first place. If you're going to uh, issue a suspension and, and, and punish him, it sh- the, whole, the investigation should be complete. Absolutely. And if you, if you talk about some concepts of accountability, transparency, and decisive leadership, uh, the president of the university uh, did not necessarily demonstrate decisive leadership. Um, the athletic director was nowhere to be found and finally called in as far as to the team and various team members were upset. There's a lot of uh, 
questions raised by a lot of people's participation, including that of Fitzgerald, including the other team players. But uh, we shouldn't let the president or the athletic director go at all without some questions regarding their conduct. I I think I'm with you, especially the athletic director. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Northwestern baseball team issue, which which kind of spans, you know, this guy, he was in a place where both of these things were going on and he apparently wasn't aware of it or he's saying he wasn't aware of it. Um, So... What would you like to see happen here? I mean, as as a lawyer, we see these kinds of things play out, and we've got a lot at stake here. We've got a new stadium that's being built. We've got Northwestern has had some issues in the past with the football player we talked about. Was his name Rashidi Wheeler? Correct. Who who died during uh, practice uh, many years ago, and and that was a little bit of a scandal. You know, what would you like to see happen here? I mean, should we all get in a ta- behind a around a table and kumbaya and try to mediate this? I'm not sure uh, Kumbaya is going to work here, at least in the short term. <laughs> it's too much money involved to Kumbaya. A lot, a lot of money involved, but but also there's a lot of different interest groups. And you mentioned the new stadium. Um, Pat Ryan, the longtime benefactor and insurance magnate, um, has contributed hundreds of millions of dollars over the years. He promised $480 million, but it was contingent upon getting a stadium that you could also use for outdoor concerts. Various people at Northwestern area around Evanston are against that because they don't want the loud sounds from that. Will Met next door is unhappy because the traffic flow in that regard. And there's now been 250 teachers that have signed a petition for Northwestern stating that you should defer the stadium pending the outcome of further revamping of the sports program. Now, those are some individuals undoubtedly teaching that are not sports advocates at all. Um, so there's a lot of outside interests that are that are having pressure that's going to be brought to bear on the president. I, I, for some reason, I just can't see the connection. I, I, I see the people who don't like this as using this as a reason yes. to, to fight the stadium, but it seems to me that the two are unrelated. It, put know. it this way, Evanston, it's a big deal in Evanston yeah. when you're over there. And so there's a lot of folks that don't want it. And again, now the teachers have weighed in. Some of the teachers have weighed in in that regard. So it's public pressure. And uh, whether or not one would like it or not like it, um, it's certainly out there. The uh, Some of the pundits are saying that Fitzgerald will land on his feet, that he was a, a valued uh, coach and he was getting lots of offers. And uh, if he, let's just say that he sits out the season and he gets hired by a professional team and he's making a lot of money, how does that affect the issue of this breach of contract suit that is potentially going to be brought? It's a matter of damages at that point. If he gets another job, then there would be an offset for the amount of recovery that he could get against Northwestern. Uh, The question that you pose, though, is a good one. Can he coach again in college? Uh, There probably has to be some period of time before he would go back to college if that's something that he would want to do. And in the case of the professional ranks, Again, there may be certain teams that would not take him or not consider him, at least uh, for their foreseeable future. So uh, reputation damage has been taken place here, and he'll have to deal with that issue as far as other job opportunities. Let's uh, use the last minute to talk very briefly about the baseball program. There's some allegations about the baseball program and about the coach uh, doing some things that were that were not uh, necessarily sportsmanlike. Just tell us just real briefly what those allegations are. Well, part of them, uh, just bullying. He bullied the team, bullied various players from that standpoint. Uh, Jim Foster is the name of the coach. He was counseled on several occasions 
prior to the firing. So this wasn't the first time. Um, in addition, his first season there, the team's gone 10 and 40. And when you have a record that bad, uh, you certainly may want to get rid of uh, that particular head coach. Uh, but the activities, he made some sexual comments about one particular woman. There's even some questions whether or not he may have made a racial comment at one point. So there's a host of those allegations. But because this was a continuing flow of uh, complaints, um, he has a very difficult time as far as any claim that he's going to have. I represented a coach in a college situation, and the coach was accused of these, not, not the racial or the sexual, but just being tough, just being a jerk, being tough, you know, like run around the bases with, you know, 20-pound weights on your legs when you made an error. And the students didn't like it, and he was fired, and, and it was upheld. I mean, the, the and I, I guess I just thought a little bit of my athletic background, even in high school, you know, we, we, got, we got that kind of punishment when we did something wrong, where we weren't uh, for we weren't on time for practice or whatever it was uh so i guess i think we have both things going on here we have some things that are bad and maybe some things that are maybe not as uh, maybe students are a little more sensitive than they used to be i i would agree with that and uh and i think coaches need to understand that scott zala thank you so much for joining us i know you have uh something coming up next and i appreciate you stopping by it's always good to see you